Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. That was good, but folks, (laughs) this is Dumpty Dum, the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands, the place where I was born. I'm Royful Brown in Room 18, pressing my trousers, especially for episode 400. And in Room 24, waiting on room service, is Philippa Hall. And the rest of the Grey Gables guests are you like our lovely listeners? This week's Dumpty Dum is from Stephen. He's making a habit of these killer, mm. awesome Dumpty Dums. Now, I wonder why you chose reggae for episode 400. <laughs> yes, just for you. Ah, now, Philippa, um, you know, you know me. I like to follow, uh, you know, the way things are supposed to be done. So I'm following the script. It says, so Philippa, how are you? Well, it needs to be all about you, Royfield. Today, episode four hundred. Oh, no. I, I think oh, no. all I could, all I'll say, is that I've realised that running the technical side of a dumpty dum Zoom is not my strong point. As your admiration for my coolness 
uh, doing those whilst I interview the great and the good, uh, you know, the actors, and then I'm trying <laughs> to pull in my other co-presenters and the listeners. Has your admiration for what I have to do gone up somewhat? It has gone up slightly, but then I would have to say that when you interview people, normally they've got good Wi-Fi and they've got a microphone that blocks out all the noise because there are all these comments saying, <laughs> "Where's why is there all this background noise? People need to be muted. And yes, they were muted. It was Royfield Brown sitting in a in a public area to be fair right that was not at all ideal and you did a wonderful job so but apart from that uh philippa um what else has been happening in your week no nothing it's all this week it is all about you what we want to know is how how are you doing how did you feel about the zoom how are you feeling episode 400 what tell me all can i can i be honest I actually had a certain level of um, will anybody show up anxiety because you didn't say uh, first off that you were doing it though you led me to believe that something was up because he says can you be uh, around on on you know a specific date etc and then when you let it out the bag I was like you know what no one's gonna come but thank god 50 odd you did so I was like, whew. <laughs> yeah, so, there was more than 50 at one point, yes. Well, you know, and uh, so that, that was lovely and it was just seen, it was just like seeing old friends, you know. Mm. So, uh, so 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 thank you everybody that took time uh, to turn up because uh, that was lovely. And then you all made me choke towards the end because you're all <laughs> blooming terrible. You know, so so that no, was very <laughs> lovely. I'm just so sorry that I was dashing from point A to point B, and uh, there's roadworks on the QEW in uh, southern Ontario, uh, which meant that um, it added another twenty odd minutes uh, to my journey. So by the time I, I, I rushed out, you know, I, I couldn't even get my laptop working, so I had to do it on my phone. Hence yeah. all the background noise. I thought your tech saying you were going to be late for your own Zoom was a wind up. I, I did think that. And then it wasn't a wind-up, was it? You were late for your very own Zoom. <laughs> well, by a matter of a few minutes, yes, I was. It, it was, was a, no, no. It was well, like It six. felt like an hour. I no, was, it might have yeah. felt like that, but it actually wasn't. If you mm. go back and actually look at the time when I logged on, and, uh, and I actually would have logged on on time if I'd have got the bloody Wi-Fi to work, but I couldn't. Anyway, let's move on. Let's be positive because, uh, Philippa, what did you think of the week in Ambridge? Well, this week, no letter. It was a number, number five for five episodes a week. So on Sunday, yay, we had Sunday and yay, we had Usha. We learned that Derek Fletcher's Scarecrow was a gnome, Tracy's Scarecrow was a minion and that Jackie Weaver did respect the standing orders. On Monday, we heard that Adam must be pulling in all sorts of favours as he's actually got a job offer and Shula has retained her St Shula badge by escorting and funding Alice's trip back to rehab. On Tuesday, we learnt that Roy was tired and had had his hair cut. Chelsea missed her school meeting and Lily is the new private investigator in Ambridge. On Wednesday, Jennifer apologised with a cheesecake Tracy apologised with gin and tonics and Russ forgot and then remembered the date of his amnesia conference. And on Thursday, well, we had Adam and Brian finally coming clean to Jennifer, then Vince finally coming clean to Elizabeth. 
Nothing like a pro-female world where men don't have nasty secrets from their women in their lives. Like I said, strange or weak in Ambridge. Goodness, giving men a kick in there. What's wrong with the patriarchy? No, just tell the truth. Don't tell lies. That That's all it was. If... Do you think that is just the preserve of, of uh, men telling lies? Honestly. No. Did you actually? Did you actually listen to what I said? The, I like, did. The full, the I did. full thing. Well, then okay. it was. It was the the examples of Vince and Brian mm. and Adam, mm. both or three of them, not telling the truth to but women. The in only their lives. reason why Alice didn't tell any lies is because she wasn't on it last week. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. On this week's episode, we hear views from Emily, Claire, Paige, Claire from Clapham, Glyn, Drew, Witherspoon, Jacqueline, but. In Brittany in Sanguan. Tony, who has the same name as Tony Cox, who used to play uh, for Green Home School football team on the wing, Liv and Stephen, as well as we have texts from Melly and Purple Pumpkin. Gosh, it's mm. just like full to the rafters. Who would have thunk it after yeah. 400 episodes? We'd still get this amount of listener it's interaction. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It is. Uh, now, but first, we have an important announcement and a special caller in her, uh, and and she wants to have her say. Hello to everybody in Dumpty Dum land. It's Rosie Porty here, calling in to bid the community a fond farewell. Um, my other work commitments, uh, hen shepherding and bonnie care mean that I'm no longer able to co-present the podcast which is really sad um, however I just don't have the time to give the podcast the time it needs and I had to take the decision to take a step back and um, Philippa and Quentin have been amazing they're fantastic people and wonderful co-hosts and I'm sure the podcast will continue to thrive and flourish under their leadership take care everybody and I'll still be out there in the Twitter universe so I'll still be keeping an eye on what's happening in the wonderful world of the archers take care oh rosie i'm just so sorry that um that you're not able to carry on i will miss you so much and just love your involvement um but yeah i do understand because suddenly when you get to face doing this every week there is a lot of work involved and with all your work commitments as well i quite understand but i'll, I'll miss you so much and, and royfield this is feeling a bit like an agatha christie that uh, you know, you start off with some co-hosts and then they disappear and then and then someone else disappears. I'm a bit worried. Is, is there a, a target on my back? Am, am I next? No, but you need to watch out for Professor Plum, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the dining room with the spanner. Exactly. Yes. exactly. No, it's, a, it's such a shame. Um, but, you know, we completely understand, Rosie. And uh, Quint and I are not going anywhere. And... Um, we will be with you all, the Dumpty Dum community, from next week, forever and ever and ever. <laughs> Demis Rusas, forever and ever and ever and ever you'll be the one. Do you remember he used to wear those big, massive, floaty tra- He was a big bloke, wasn't he, Demis Rusas? I- I'm Goodness. only 20, so I wouldn't remember anything you about that. You can Cole. You're almost as old as me. <laughs> So sorry uh, that you've decided to leave us, Rosie. Uh, your, your time with us was was shortish, but incredibly uh, sweet. Uh, you made uh, such a lasting impression on us all uh, at those Zooms. And your commitment to, to Dumpty Dum is, is legendary because 
you travel all the way down from Scotland over an international border just to come to a, a, a live show. Mm-hmm. And you came sporting a dum-de-dum t-shirt, as I seem to remember. So uh, your commitment uh, to all things dum-de-dum uh, and, and to the archers is, is pretty large. So glad that you could be with us um, for the last year. And we wish you all the best tending your swans and mm-hmm. uh, managing your new home. So we do have some important announcements about the way that things are going to be done around uh, Dumpty Dum. Now, first off, Facebook. Uh, back in the day when we first went onto a group, uh, you had to uh, s- uh, sign up and actually answer a couple of questions. Uh, I think you have to mention uh, some families in, in Ambridge. Hmm. Uh, now, that w- was taken off. And whilst it meant that more people joined, it also meant that we had some rogue actors, some bad faith actors that mm. came in and dropped a little bit of spam and far bit from me uh, to, to knock spam. But I was never really a fan of that kind of reconstituted meat from the 1940s. So anyway, so there was spam in there. And what we decided to do is go back to the old way, which is anybody joining needs to answer a very simple question so uh, you'll see less spam in your Facebook group. Now uh, the second one is we've been alerted uh, we've been alerted uh, about safeguarding. Now the way that Dum De Dum works is that um, we're on numerous platforms, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook and obviously there is the podcast itself and various social media platforms have a minimum age requirement uh if it's facebook it's 13 if it's instagram it's another age etc etc fundamentally we are um, a group a community of adults and what we decided to do to safeguard younger members especially with things like tractor is to move our minimum age to 18 so uh, if anybody interacts with Dum De Dum on any platform, they need to be 18. And um, specifically, as I said, um, there were a couple of concerns about Tractor in that people could be messaged from whomever. And then also, whilst we fundamentally talk about the archers, sometimes there are some kind of quite adult themes uh, which people do discuss and we just want to make sure so from here on in you've got to be 18 and over uh, to participate with Dum De Dum and we will be saying this on on every podcast so caller in Facebook Twitter Tractor whatever I think it's really important that we look after those who are vulnerable and make sure um, that we don't have any bad actors um, putting them in jeopardy but then also that um, listeners fully understand the nuance of all the themes and things that we're talking about. So that is something which um, I heartily do endorse. Now, after all of that boring stuff, (laughs) let's get on with the pod. It says here, Philippa, Philippa, if someone would like to send us in a dum-de-dum or a call or maybe send us in a text or a tweet, how can they do that? Well, if you would like to sing or play as a dum-de-dum or send us your views on the week or give us a plot prediction, then leave us a message on SpeakPipe, which you can find on the dumdedum.com website. Or you can use WhatsApp, sending a voice note or text message to 
07957 167696, which has a plus 44 if you're outside the UK. Please make sure the message is no more than two minutes long. And if you prefer to email your thoughts and predictions, go to the contact us section of the website and fill in the form. Gosh, there you go, folks. All the things uh, you can do to be part of this wonderful community. (sighs) Feeling all emotional. There you go. And on that note, this will be the last time I press this button and then this happens. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, it's me dad. It's our Glyn. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. So we reached the 400th episode of Dumpty Dum. I've been listening to the podcast since about number eight back in 2014. Way back then, the main Archer storyline was Route B and whether Mm. David and Ruth were going to leave Ambridge. Mm. I believe Dumpty Dum helped many listeners come to terms with the fact that David and Ruth weren't leaving and that the reason they weren't (laughs) leaving was a toy farm and the ghostly voice of Phil. (laughs) Since then... The podcast has helped listeners to debate, to analyse and sometimes ridicule numerous storylines. In particular, I'm sure it helped many listeners process their thoughts and emotions during the Rob and Helen storyline. It's also helped us cope with the annual trauma of the village show and (laughs) will it, won't it happen. And the podcast is all down to Royfield Brown. Royfield, you have not just presented a podcast, you have built a community of Archers Archers listeners. Through being a part of Dumpty Dum, we not only learn about the Archers, but we also learn about ourselves. Thank you very much for the first 400 episodes. And here's to the next 400. If I have to say something about this week, this week's archers, it's that Shula deserved a lot more than a cheesecake from from Jenny for what she did to Alice. As ever, stay safe. Thank you for the podcast, and have a great week in Dumpty Dumland. Oh, Glenn, that was lovely. Well, I'm going to come out with my usual nonsense, and then I'll hand over to Royfield to 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 respond to that that wonderful message. Yes, the cheesecake. I was worried that the cheesecake had gone off because it sounded like Jennifer had been on a long walk with this cheesecake, with it in the pram, with Martha. And I was just a bit concerned that she was actually going to poison Shula. So hopefully that hasn't happened. A bit worried about Shula as well. Does Shula have any horses left? Because if she's selling Alice's horse and the other one's still lost from when it threw her off, does she have any horses left? But then, I don't know, cheesecake, cooking, thinking about Ian... This Adam and Ian situation, I'm very concerned about that. Um, Ian said, oh, what have you been up to? And Adam said, harvest. I just thought, if, <laughs> if Sean asked me what I've been up to when I come home from work and I just said investments, you know, that would be a little bit weird. I didn't understand. Well, it's just typical Adam, really, isn't it? And then um, Adam said, how are we going to get on if we never see each other? If I was married to Adam, I would say all the better. Thank you. Thank you very much. Less time I spend with you, the more I will like you. And then Brian described Adam as radical. 
Adam as radical. That's not a word I would use to describe Adam. Bert Fry's tea cozy collection is more radical than Adam, I think. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I just worry actually that Adam's going to force Ian to give up his work and care full time for Xander. I just felt there was a bit of um, coercive pressure building there. Oh, and Lily said that Ian's beetroot uh, mousse cures grumpiness. Well, if Ian's beetroot mousse cures grumpiness, does he give it to Adam? Could he start feeding that to Adam and then maybe won't have grumpy Adam? I don't know. But anyway, that's enough of me. Royfield, back to the the message. What what did you think about Glyn's lovely words? Oh, well, Glyn is just lovely. He's not a gentleman and uh, one of the dum-de-dum elders, isn't he? Um, Mm. It's funny. When you kind of kind of think back, I had no idea that episode eight we were talking about uh, that nonsense about um, David and, and the toy farm and uh, the voice of Phil. To me, that seems much more uh, much more in, into the future of Dumpty Dum, mm. but it shows you how time can be kind of like compressed and, and whatever. And uh, and we you know we've talked about a lot of archers in in 400 episodes and actually there's been more than 400 this is the thing this is just the numbering just of the regular podcast but we've done other special one-offs uh, and all sorts you know it's been mm. seven plus years of chattage about about the archers and 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 it's just lovely that somebody like Glyn has uh, has been with us through all of our various twists and turns and incarnations and and um, you know, meeting Glyn and uh, Mrs. Fuller Love was was utterly a delight. And um, you know, he's just such, such a lovely bloke, and he's just emblematic of our listeners. You know, they're just mm. blooming lovely, really. And um, you know, I just uh, like to thank Glyn for all of his contributions throughout uh, the years uh, of Dumpty Dum ringing in, and. Um, there's a real dum de dum moment uh, when Angela Barnes um, was uh, up in Edinburgh, doing an Edinburgh show a couple of years ago. And uh, she was talking, uh, she found herself talking to somebody and then, and, um, and they said, oh, um, my dad is um, on an Archers podcast when Angela was talking about the Archers. And she went, Glenn, full of love. She went, yes, that's my, so, <laughs> so Glenn, oh. full of love, you know, is a star. And that's the whole point of Dum De Dum, that it's the community. Yeah. You know, it's the community. It's all the thousands of people that, that download the podcast and, and listen to it. And it's the meetups. It's the, um, you know, and the fact that people do them, you know, not at our behest, you know, that, uh, mm. you know, meetups have happened all over the planet, you know, you know, it's just let, let that settle in. You know, we are a group of people who are disparate and diverse, but we're all lovely, every last one of us, and we all love the archers. And that, those two things that we're lovely people that love the archers means that We'll meet in Ottawa, we'll meet in San Francisco, we'll meet in New York, we'll meet in Sydney, we'll meet in Newcastle, we'll meet in London, wherever, and uh, we'll sit down with, with other dumpty dummers. And I just think that's wonderful. And Glenn is just such the epitome of that. So, mm-hmm. so thank you, Glenn, for everything. 
Hey Dum to Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. I want to start by saying thanks to Roy Field. Uh, well done for reaching your 400th episode and thanks for creating Dum to Dum, creating a great community. Um, and I think, you know, we've got a long, strong community, which is a legacy to what you started. So that's fantastic. And of course, if it were not for Dumpty Dum, I wouldn't also be making a podcast now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, I've accidentally fallen into Map Corner by being interested in maps and then being part of that project that spun out. So uh, that's also been quite fun to do. And um, I spent sort of spending some more time with Royfield, including observing his fear of cows, which is uh, <laughs> quite an interesting moment to take the city boy into the countryside to see him terrified of a cow. And um, But back to life in real rural or imaginary rural Ambridge, um, uh, I think it's been a good week this week. Really delighted to hear Jack- Jackie Weaver. I thought she did really well. Enjoyed her scenes with Tracy. I think that all of these celebrity guest uh, appearances are a bit bizarre um, mm. and uh, clunky, but, you know, I think they're part of the pattern of the archers and part of the kind of um, routine. So it was good to hear. and I think she did well. Um, also interested by the conversations between Shula and Jennifer, because, First of all, I thought it was strange that we were hearing it all in retrospect, like it was all sorted out between Shula and Alice and then no one said anything. And she then sort of, you know, Jennifer went around for the information, which I thought was quite a bizarre way of dealing with the plot, but also demonstrated that Shula was keeping Alice's secrets, which, you know, in my experience of dealing with alcoholics, is never a good idea. She should have just been up front all the way through. But there you go. Mm. Um, So keep up the good work. And here's to the future, 400. Oh, thanks, Claire. That that was great. Again, I'll hand over to Royfield, who's scared of cows in in a moment. But uh, yes, the <laughs> the Shula and Jennifer chat. What was she having ice in? You know, do you want ice in that? Was it a gin and tonic, or had they actually had a fight and she needed a cold compress? I wasn't entirely <laughs> sure what had, what had just occurred. Hopefully, they'd had a nice chat and all was fine. But there we go. Um, and Jennifer. I, I don't know. She she said she hoped that Brian wasn't entertaining thoughts of working full time. They are looking to appoint someone in two weeks and they haven't even done the interviews. I mean, what what good farm manager has a contract that lets them give 14 days notice? Adam said he's going in a couple of weeks. I I don't understand what's going on. Come on, Jennifer, sort them out. Anyway, back to Royfield being uh, scared of cows. Is it, is it just cows, Royfield, or is there is there anything else? Stroppy, mardy cows. And anyway, you know what it is, right? <laughs> There's a bull in that field. I, I'm standing by that. There's a big ass bull, right? But, okay, have you seen, well, I, I know you've actually seen the size of cows, but if you've never <laughs> yeah. seen a cow up close and personal, they are massive humongous ginormous beasts right and i don't mind admitting right that if they come between two pieces of bread and with a bit of lettuce love them right (laughs) but when you're confronted by the size of these things you're like holy camoly right they're bigger than people What what about a shire horse because that's even bigger if you come across a shire horse royfield yeah, but listen, listen, 
there's a bull in that field. Uh, really? <laughs> we'll have to get, we'll have to ask <laughs> Claire a, this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to Claire. <laughs> yes, yeah, that means Take there was no me. bull at all. There were just little cars. There was a big bull. But, okay, first off, and it's one of the joys of the English countryside, of the British countryside, that we have, you know, rights of way. But I've never done that before. I'll be, you know, hold my hand up. You know, I've heard about it. You know, I'm a self-avowed lover of concrete, tarmac and exhaust fumes. I love cities, right? And uh, I just think that the countryside is something which you, you, you look out, look left and look right. And you gaze at whilst hurtling down the motorway. <laughs> I've never really spent an awful amount of time in the countryside. I haven't, which makes my love of the archers really more peculiar. Really. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, I've never done this, um, you know, uh, rights of way thing where you're just walking apparently in someone's <laughs> field. And then all of a sudden, there's like 40 massive beasts of burden <laughs> staring at you. And if you come if you come from Pity Bar in Birmingham, <laughs> it gives you pause for thought. I'm like, my God. Right. What's happening here? So yes. Uh I was a bit of a uh a bit of a, you know, softy. But it was just it's wonderful. You're walking over these styes and you think you're walking into a farmer's field because that's exactly what you're doing. All of a sudden. 40 cows staring at you going, what's going on here? <laughs> it gave me pause for thought. That's all I'm saying. So there is a, a rather uncomfortable photograph of me on the, the Dumpty Dum Facebook groups there somewhere with me trying to maintain my composure whilst these massive, <laughs> massive normal beef cows. burgers on legs. No, these were, these were cows on steroids, I'm telling you. <laughs> They've been working out. Well, what really do you often have. compare the size of different cows then? Is that something you've done before? Was this your first immersive cow experience? It, well, it was. <laughs> I'm not saying that I was expecting a cow to be the size of a dog, but I really wasn't expecting how big <laughs> they were. I wasn't, right? And I've been on this planet for some 50-odd years, which just shows you how divorced I am from the real countryside. You know, I'm quite happy to hear the countryside via podcast and on the radio. I was going to say, and you listen to the archers. Oh, my. Well, I've said this before, though. I think the archers is awesome, very obviously. But I think there's maybe a little bit too much of the countryside and agriculture and farming and rural life in it. Right. (laughs) You take all that stuff out. (laughs) I think you'd have a tip top show. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> no. yeah, so yeah it's it's not the first time i've said that you know so uh yeah and I'll, I'll stand by it you know take all the rural stuff out you know the hunting and the shooting and no the, never you know, well yeah take out that but no we want all the rules and stuff. the green wellies and you know sets the scene you know, the barber rain jackets and you know take all that stuff out no that's they don't have that. That's you just presuming no. they're all wearing You're their You're seriously telling jackets. me that Brian and David don't wear barbers. Come on now. Brian might do. I don't know if David mm. does. I don't know a farmer that wears a barber jacket. 
there you go. How many farmers do you know that wear barber jackets? I don't know any farmers. Oh, other than Alison <laughs> Farmer, who was the first girl ever kissed when I was 14. It's awesome. I used to sit next to her in mass. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you like the archers? Because the girl you kissed had a surname Farmer. Oh, my oh, goodness. God. I tell you, like I used to really look forward to maths because I was going to sit next to Alison. And my God, I was just tongue-tied, taciturn, was like a sweaty mess, didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, oh, my God, she's so nice. But anyway, we're still friends to this day. And she you now kissed lives her in the class? No, oh. at Dean Wilson's party. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a bit worried. Yeah, yeah, yes, Royfield, why have you got your hand up? Please, miss, I just want to go and kiss this girl. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, yes. Okay, so you waited to a party, so you you, you held back and, and no, she kissed me. I was oh. a fourteen-year-old boy. Fourteen-year-old boys are not making moves; they have no game. <laughs> Come on now, right? You were fourteen once. You know? Do you remember what boys were like then? Uh, n- n- no, I was. I was. You went to an all-girls school, didn't you? <laughs> you know, I I think we need to maybe dig into 14 year old you but after we had a little bit of Jacqueline Berto. she's from uh Sanguine which is in Brittany don't you know hi this is Jacqueline Berto from uh Sanguine in uh Brittany France um I'm about Jenny now Jenny last week struggled with the Rory thing and I have to say like many people I had a tear in my eye in fact I was trying to get back into normal life and thought I could easily go and pick up the dogs from the kennels um, whilst uh, uh, listening to the podcast in my car. And um, unfortunately, the omnibus in my car, unfortunately, I arrived at the kennels in tears. I think the woman thought I'd completely gone mad when I told her it was about uh, uh, feuilleton, as we mm. call it here. Anyway, but Jenny this week, she's been acting even more like the entitled mummy that she thinks she is. She seems to assume that um, her children... Uh, all her extended family should be uh, flocking around her. When she said to Adam, but leaving the family farm, that was the final straw for me. Um, I've always had a bit of sympathy for her because um, she's dealt with Brian and mm. her family and the children. And But that emotional kind of clinginess that she has, it's just too much. You know, she seems to think that Adam should be there on the family farm. Why? He left once, he came back, he hates working for Brian, um, who was supposed to have retired, so I don't get any of that. The whole um, family uh, dynamic of the of the Aldridges, for me, it all centres around Jenny and her needs, and she chooses to um, manipulate them emotionally, and that's a fine, that, as I said, final straw. I mean, no more, Jenny. Just stop it. Just grow up and realize that grown up children have their own lives. Thanks for all the work. Bye. Oh, Jacqueline, thank you very much for that call. Yes. Oh, Jenny is hard to get to grips with, I think, to really understand what, what motivates her. I agree with you that she's sort of very pandering to her children. Um, and she really likes to play happy families. I don't personally think she does it deliberately, that she's manipulating deliberately. I think it's just automatic for her and that she wants her family, she wants it just, as I say, to, to be perfect. 
everything in its rightful place. She wants to have um, a, a boiling water tap. She wants to have the lovely kitchen that she doesn't have anymore. She wants her children to uh, lead these incredible lives and be all united as a family. And she's not got that. And it's falling apart at, at the seams. I mean, it's interesting that even she admitted that the best one is Rory and he's not even her biological child. She seemed to raise Rory more honestly, almost not, not pandering to him as much as she has done to Kate and Alice and, and Adam. It, it's almost as if, well, I don't know. I worry about her. I worry about what drives her, what fulfills her, what her role is. If she's happy. Um, I don't know if she's having to take a lot of medication to get through her life, but I, I, yeah, I worry about Jenny Royfield. Do you worry about Jenny? Nope. <laughs> don't worry about her. I think she's a very strong and capable mother. And of course there's been the odd uh, bump in the road. Um, and there's been, you know, Brian and his peccadillos, but pull, pull all of that to one side. I thought that the, the, um, Jennifer and Rory scenes, uh, the week before last were incredibly moving. Yes. And there is, many of us have blended families and there is something very special about a child or somebody who's not biologically yours um, seeing you as a parent. It, mm. it, it, it's, it's, it's a very special bond. Um, many moons ago, somebody who, um, you know, I haven't spoken to in about 15 years. Uh, she said she was christening her, her, her two small children. And she said, and I think they were, they were like four and seven at the time. And it says she's going to ask them who they want to be, their godfathers uh, and, and, you know, the godparents, sorry. And one mm. of them asked me, I was oh. incredibly touched, more wow. so than if their mother had, you know. Mm. I'm the father of sorts to Quincy. He's not biologically mine. He calls me dad mm. and it has a very special power, a very yes. special tug on you that somebody who's not of your flesh uh, sees you in that way. So I was really, I hate to say it sounds a little bit um, cliche, but centered by that whole scene. And one thing, the only thing that I would say has been a little bit peculiar about their whole relationship is the fact that Rory doesn't call Jennifer mum because he went there when he was very small, mm. very small. And I don't remember Jennifer ever saying, don't ever call me mum. Yes, it's a difficult conversation, though. You don't want to... But, for but, someone to call you mum, if that's not, even if he sees her as his maternal figure, for him that that might be just not what he's comfortable with. It doesn't but, mean he's she's not his mum. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And I'm not making a, a massive point out of this because they are a mother and they have a mother and son relationship. Full stop. They they do. It's just that, and I forget how old Rory was when he came to live with them at Home Farm. Let's say he was three, 
four. Like he barely remembers his biological mother. So he's, he came when he's about three or four. He wasn't seven. He wasn't 10. So he's got really formed memories. And generally when somebody moves into a family and they're that young, there comes a point because everybody else refers to uh, the mother or their father as your mum, your dad, that they do. I had that same thing with Maisha. So I met Maisha when she was five. And by the age of seven, she started calling me dad. And it did take me a year to get used to it. Mm. But it was very natural for her because everybody else, a teacher's would say, is that your dad as he comes to pick you up? You know, it's just the whole yeah. lexicon around it. I guess for Rory, though, it's different. He was at boarding school for a lot of the time. And when he was at home, fair point. He, sp- he spent time with Brian and Jenny. And so Brian would be calling her Jenny, of course. He wouldn't spend as much time, Rory wouldn't spend as much time with um, Alice and, and Adam and Kate. So he didn't have that immersion into, into the fact that Jenny is just mum. Mm. Um, so maybe that affected it. You know, th- that, that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And to the point of Quincy, who's Noah Ella's brother, who's not biologically mine, mm. he started calling me dad when he was about two because his brother and sister were calling this person dad. Yes. So that was just my name. Yeah. Yes. It was your name, not yeah. Yeah. the title. So, yeah. So it's, it, it, it's a fair point about the going away to boarding school, but still, Still, because considering he went to that family so young, for me, that doesn't quite sit truthfully. But putting that completely to one side, that's me putting myself in the middle of this storyline and the two well, instances. Yeah, it's like this is it's like this is your life today, isn't it, Roy? Are you Eamon Andrews? You got <laughs> yes, a big, big, big red have. book. Got the big red book, yes, and we're going through it call by call. We're going to yes go through all issues: the girl you f- first kissed, um, the children in your life, your yes, and and who knows what else we're going to uncover today. Ooh, absolutely, but you know what though? Um, what we should do is go on Drew from Hamilton next, and who knows what secrets will be revealed from the life that is mine after. Hello everyone at Dumpty Dum. This is Drew calling from the Tokyo branch office. I'm calling, <laughs> as I suspect many people are this week, to bid a fond farewell and to say thank you to Roy Field before the security department at Dumpty Dum Towers deactivates his parking pass. I started listening <laughs> to Dumpty Dum on episode 227. It was just after Witherspoon had had his MI and I was completely surprised mm. at how many people were calling up to offer well wishes to their fellow podcast listener. And I realized pretty quickly that that sense of community is what set Dumpty Dum apart from a lot of other podcasts. And Royfield, I think that a lot of that sense of community is down to you. So thank you very much for making this place that, you know, where we can spend more time actually talking about the archers than we do listening to it. I'm sure that Mm -hmm. your successors have the podcast well under control and you've left everything in good hands, but I'm sure that everybody will miss you. 
if you are ever in Ontario at the same time as I am, of course, there's always a standing invitation. Call me up and we'll go flying. And uh, I wish you well in your future endeavors. Thank you very much. Love the show. Bye. Oh, Drew, that's just a great, great call. Thank you. Yes, listening since episode 227. I was trying to work out which was my first episode that I listened to. I think it was in the late hundreds. I don't know. My first time as a caller in a row was episode 262. Um and my first episode as a host was 353. So, yes, it, and it is, as you say, it's it's about community. I remember when Witherspoon was ill as well and the, the genuine concern. And it, it just shows how important this podcast is f- for us all. It's important for me and, and hopefully it's important f- for everyone. But uh, Royfield, like, like Drew said, you, you need to get ready to hand in your parking pass because I need somewhere to park my push bike and I've got stabilizers so uh, I need a wide space <laughs> Drew um, I'm really looking forward to meeting you because obviously I come to southern Ontario a lot um, and that's exactly where I am right now you know just outside of Toronto so um, so yes um, let me know uh, when you're going to be back home sir and see if we can't um, organize a, a drink a beer or even a flight sir uh, that'd be most excellent. And and it just kind of goes to the kind of point as to how special um, this podcast actually is. And, uh, and it's a cliche, but it's true. It is the community. And um, uh, a lot of you will know that I've started uh, teaching podcasting um, in America. And I talk about the power of connecting listeners and and how that really does um, amplify a sense of, of ownership and and that's what we have here you know we've had uh, Drew uh, from Hamilton who lives in Tokyo uh, next to Jacqueline um, who's English who's in France you know and they all feel connected to each other and they talk about um, and Andrew's spoken about Witherspoon, who um, is one of the uh, uh, kind of elders of the community. And when he was ill, the ripples that it sent through the community, there are many people all throughout the world who don't have someone to uh, talk to about the archers, you know, physically. Mm-hmm but they can do it through this podcast. And even if they don't physically uh, call in, they can still vicariously be part of this community and uh, send their wishes um, to uh, to somebody when they're not well and to feel that, you know, their love of the archers isn't just a solitary thing, you know. And, and, and it's just utterly wonderful, you know, with people all around the globe who are, active parts of this community and many more who aren't necessarily uh, that active but still are important parts of this community and um and it's just wonderful you know i, I you know when, when i talk about dumpty dum and the fact that um it means so much to me you know there, there's there's a there are a few instances you know this thing fundamentally is a show about a UK rural radio soap. 
I've done two meetups in San Francisco. The first one, I think there's about 12, 13 people turned up. And that's when you realize this thing is massive. You know, we went to, you know, we've been to Toronto and there's 25 people in Toronto. You know, this is, this is really, really, really wonderful. And I'm just so blessed uh, to be part of this uh, community and um, to have conceived of this podcast because everything that I ever thought that Dum De Dum could be, it's actually become, you know, there's no, no word of uh, a lie or hyperbole. You know, initially I thought, yeah, you know, you could uh, have a coffee with somebody in, in, in Toronto when I'm visiting my kids. I've done that on numerous occasions and with groups of people, you know, we've done live shows, we, we, we've done all sorts and, um, you know, and at, at, at the heart of it is just uh, this love of the archers with nice people. And uh, I just mm-hmm. want to just, just land that. It's the love of the archers with, with nice people. Oh, yes, it's great with all the meetups, but there's also a lot of people that can't get out, particularly in the last 18 months, that can't go out, can't meet people, maybe don't want to go out. But there, there is a community right there for them on Facebook, on Twitter, on this podcast that, you know, that I think is what just adds a whole nother level to dum-de-dum that you know if you're going through stuff we we do we care for each other um and uh I just feel so blessed to be able to be a part of it and I have to say when the when the dum-de-dum music starts now and I'm introducing it oh my goodness it's it just feels like a huge honor and uh it's almost unbelievable that you're sort of trusting me with uh with this so uh, yeah i want to say a thank you to you as well for including me in this no, no well um listen uh all we're gonna do is saying thank you to each other <laughs> <laughs> this podcast so i'm gonna hit play on tony's call right yes because otherwise we'll never get through uh we'll never get through this so uh tony you're up hello there it's occasional tony phoning in occasionally but uh <laughs> Today, I'm not phoning in about the archers. I'm just phoning in to say thank you to Royfield for the fantastic work he's done over 400 episodes in setting up a, a sustainable podcast. I really hope it goes forward in the same way that he did it and entertain us archers fans. Thank you, and uh, I'm sure I've got Royfield on my other podcast feeds. Bye for now. Oh, Tony, yes. Uh, Quentin and I are not looking to change it. It it works. So why would we want to change it? We love Dum De Dum as it is. And as we've already said, it's about the community and that's exactly where it's going to stay. So, yes, don't, don't please don't worry about that. Uh, Royfield, wasn't that lovely? Uh, it was lovely uh, because you know what? Tony's lovely. And... Uh, just lovely i don't know what to say <laughs> repeating myself <laughs> and um you you are right to mention that it's not just meetups it's not just caller in a ring you know we have had zooms there have been uh live shows and whatever and the zooms really were um such a joy for me last year and it's lovely when so many people say that the Zooms were important for them also, mm. that um, especially at the start of the pandemic last year, 
nobody knew what the hell was going to happen in the world. We all thought, you know, it was literally going to be the end of times. I think mm-hmm. we all now realize that as long as this pandemic goes on and it, and it is uh, meandering on that we will see light at the end of the tunnel um, eventually but um, March April May of last year it didn't feel like that that to do the zooms was uh, important for me but also for our little area of of the internet and just and and it brought dum de dum to live in, in in to life sorry in a way that it hadn't been before you know, to see everyone's, you know, little happy smiling faces and whatever, you know, from all over the world. And we just had some wonderful, wonderful um, interviews with actors from the Archers, but mm-hmm. then also um, interactions with um, with listeners. And without those Zooms, we wouldn't have Quentin and we wouldn't have had Rosie. You know, they mm-hmm. they were two of the stars of uh, of last summer and stuff. But so many people have said that those Zooms were really important to them. Um, and they were very important to me too. And again, um, whatever I do in terms of, uh, kind of, um, podcasting, you know, and talking about the community, but it, it, it's that level of interaction. It's a level of emotional ownership, if not actual ownership that people have with this thing is, uh, is, is utterly phenomenal. And, and you see it when, when we, when we're on zoom, you know, there's at least 50 people that will mm. turn up sometimes uh you know it's it's even more you know it's like 70 80 type of thing and um and yeah and, and long may it continue i tell you what there's some cracking kitchens that people have you know <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the one when witherspoon was on the treadmill as well, yes. as well running that was great <laughs> yes and different people someone was driving on Friday, obviously not looking at the screen. They were just listening to it, but someone was driving and yes, kitchens, gardens. We've had someone in a swimming pool once, all sorts. Someone in a boat as well, if I remember rightly. Mm. Um, mm, marvellous. Marvellous indeed. Uh, so that was Tony, uh, Tony Cox. Uh, Tony, uh, thank you for that, sir. Now it's Liv, who talks a little bit like that. Whispering Liv. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Liv. About the archers, I'm really glad that Alice is now in rehab. It's definitely the best place for her. Mm. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with Vince and Elizabeth at the wedding. Mm. Uh, but on to uh, Royfield leaving Dumpty Dum. I started listening during the first lockdown and binged all the episodes. And I just want to say thank you so, so much for starting this podcast over seven years ago and creating such a wonderful community. It's really been a joy to listen to uh, every week. It's made me laugh and Mm. it's really, really interesting to hear um, your comments about the archers. So... Thank you for starting the podcast and for continuing to host it this long. Um, Hmm. Definitely going to miss you being the host, but good luck in your next um, next venture. Bye. Oh, Liv, that that was lovely. Thank you. Um, Yes, so uh, what will happen at the the wedding with... um, 
with Vincent and Elizabeth, we wonder. Well, the wedding will be today. We're recording on Sunday. That's the new time we record, Sunday afternoon, UK time. And it's going to be tonight. And I can't wait to hear this. Bring it on. Normally, Sunday is quite a fluffy piece, not much happening. But oh, I think there's there's going to be some, some punches. There's going to be some cake thrown. Will the couple actually get married? Because they're always into having these threesomes. Yeah, will three people turn up to get married? Because actually there is um, on the list of the cast members. I said I wouldn't look at the cast members anymore for the next week. But anyway, Stephen made me do it. And it said Stella at the bottom. And last night I was trying to research everywhere who this Stella uh, could be. And I just wonder, um, are there two brides for this wedding uh, to marry one who got a threesome wedding I don't know anyway um I did like it uh when Vince said oh so you you, you don't want to be treated to my dirty linen oh Vince we we really do want to be treated to the dirty linen we want to hear it all we want to hear you uh discussing life with your ex-wives with your estranged daughter we, it's it's going to be glorious uh, I, I think but anyway but but the hat buying for the wedding and Lily said, um, how much longer do you think we'll need? Elizabeth said, oh, an hour and a half to take a hat off. She'd chosen the hat and she was, anyway, I don't know. An hour and a half to remove a hat. It must have been huge. Anyway, I, Liv, I love the fact that in lockdown, while some people were binging Netflix, you were binging Dum De Dum. And I think that is great. And uh, <laughs> why not? That's what we should all be doing. We should all go back and start again and, and, and binge it once more. Um, Roy Field wasn't that wasn't that nice. It was lovely call, and um, uh, it's lovely to hear hear from you, Liv. And and again, it's just uh, you know, if you've been doing this show for for seven years, then uh, it's lovely to hear that people have kind of their entry points are just so different. You know, uh, you started mm-hmm. at, at the pandemic. Glenn literally started at, at the beginning. Ditto, Jacqueline Berto, and. Um, and it just shows you that the, the podcast is still alive. It's still vibrant, you know, that we're still gaining uh, new followers, new listeners and people that want to be part of the community. So uh, I know you've been with us for about a year, uh, Liv, but still welcome. Welcome to the world of Dum Dee Dum. Definitely. Welcome aboard to the, to the madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome here. Hello, everyone in Dum Dum world. It's Emily from Abadabi. Phoning with a plot prediction. Um, I think it was Lillian said to uh, Jenny, Jennifer, um, oh, you know, make up with mom. You don't want these um, like bad feelings to to drag on or something like that. Plot prediction. I think something's going to happen to Peggy. And I think it's going to be mm. Alice that causes it. Um, I don't want this to happen, but um, yeah, I think. And and then it's going to be: Can Jennifer actually ever forgive Alice for what she does to what she mm. the harm she causes Peggy in some way? Um, maybe I think it could be sort of like quite a crescendo of her. Is she drunk driving? Or I don't know. But I think this storyline, unfortunately, is got to get worse, a lot worse before it gets any better. Um, Tally ho.
Thank you, Emily. How hot is it, please, in Abu Dhabi at the moment? Normally, you give us a temperature, which I enjoy hearing about very much. So uh, don't don't forget to tell us next time. Um, interesting plot prediction. Has le- has Alice had her lowest point, or is that yet to come? Oh, I I hope she's had her lowest point. Your message came in before we'd heard that Alice had actually gone to rehab. So um, who knows what's going to happen? But yes, you're right. Can Jennifer ever forgive Alice if if that happens, if your prediction happens? Jenny's got a lot on her plate right now. But Jennifer does seem to be angry, very angry at almost the wrong people for me. I, I know I said last week, but she's still angry at Peggy for spotting Alice's problem early, however misguided she was, but she was trying to help. And to, to begin with, when she marched over to Shula, she was so angry for Shula keeping Alice safe and, and respecting her. And, and then it was all OK in the end, solved with some cheesecake. I, I don't know. And then when Jennifer was talking to Brian and Adam and uh, said some strange words, she said, um, hey, hold on. When, when has Jennifer ever said, hey, hold on? Uh, yes. How long has this been going on? And Brian said, hmm. Jenny immediately said, Adam, I love the fact that she expects the truth from Adam and, and not not Brian. I, I don't know how it's going to develop. I want Jenny to be stronger, like a boardroom boss firing people uh, like The Apprentice. But will she really get involved with the business? I hope she does. I hope she does. Um, but I don't know. Uh, Royfield, Emily has made a prediction. Do you think Alice's worst is yet to come? I utterly hope it's not. Um, they've tricked us a few times in terms of um, thinking that Alice had actually got to the very bottom, but then she still mm. had further to go. Uh, you know, there's bricks through the windows. And you can't get any worse than that. Then she left rehab. Then she, it, go, it goes on and on and on. And in terms of us just as listeners and the narrative arc, they can't keep doing this, you know, mm. and then Alice has gone away. You think, okay, that's it. Then she comes back. Mm. To yeah. So actually they can't do keep doing that because we'll get fatigued. You know, there is the real life if someone is an addict and how they act, then there is the dramatic construct and what's going to help keep uh, the story moving forward because it needs to move forward. You know, there's this overwhelming perpetual kind of motion thing which any drama needs it needs to move forward mm-hmm. and whether that's plot driven or character driven so they can't she i it can't get any worse it really can't because it will just fatigue us as the listeners and we'll lose all all sympathy regardless as to how real um, it might actually be to real life so I'm going to respectfully disagree uh, with Emily. Respectfully, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Well, it was a great call. Yes, and Emily, do let us know the temperature because we love to hear that. I would have thought the temperature is blooming hot. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but I'm sitting here in the rain, so it'd be nice to, you know, I'm always dreaming of warmer weather, but it's always too hot there. So it does make me appreciate the cooler climate of uh, sunny Shropshire. True that. True that. Right. Now, we've had one Claire. Let's have another. This one's Claire Page. Hello, everybody in Dumpty Dum Land. This is Claire Page again, tweeting frog on the Twitters. It's rare that I do the caller in a thing two weeks running, but I've got a few things to say. First of all, 
before last Sunday's episode, I'd only vaguely heard of Jackie Weaver. I think I'd seen her name on Twitter a few times, but I didn't know anything about her. Uh, not that they explained her story much in the Archers because she's known in the UK. She's not known outside, but she did a brilliant job at uh, stopping the anti-scarecrow protests. <laughs> Other people weren't so good, though. Vince Casey not uh, inviting Elizabeth to his daughter's wedding when uh, Lillian Russ were invited. OK, he, he gave his reasons eventually, but he wasn't sure how well Elizabeth would cope with uh, all his exes being there. And it's a miracle she forgave him, but she did. And uh, so she's going. And Roy being very inefficient at work after a boozy night or whatever it was, um, and getting Lillian Russ's room wrong twice. Thankfully, Tracy sorted that out. But on a happier note, we, we now know where Alice is. She's back in rehab and she was sensible about it, knowing how expensive it was and selling uh, Banjo to put money towards it. Here's hoping she stays in rehab this time. And on that hopeful note, bye for now. Oh, Claire, thank you very much. Yes, you mentioned about Roy being inefficient after his boozy night or whatever that was. Yeah, what what was going on? Was was Roy tired from having his hair cut? But then he said he didn't he didn't hear Freddie properly talking about the room for Lily because he was, you know. What did he mean by that? Is he on Tinder? Is he drinking? Is he taking drugs? I because then he said to Tracy, Oh, I've been getting a lot of non-work messages. <laughs> Tracy said, Whatever, love, love that response. But I'm just confused. I hope he's okay. We've already had drugs and drink and gambling storylines. So I presume this is Tinder, but then why have his hair cut? And why say that he didn't hear Freddie properly because he was, you know, was Freddie talking to him while he was on a date? I'm very confused by Roy and what is occurring. Royfield, what is Roy up to? Well, he was, uh, it also had a, a very long night, hadn't he? So that's the reason why he was yawning all the way through work. You know, so yes, but why? Why did he say he didn't hear really what Freddie was saying? Because he was, you know, as if it was, he was. I don't know. I was perplexed by by that. And actually, I would just like to jump in. And uh, Claire has just confirmed that she doesn't remember a bull in the field of cows. Um, she says I yes, beg there were your a pardon. lot of. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wanted to corroborate with uh, Claire from Clapham. Um, just about because she can't bull. remember doesn't mean that there wasn't actually a big angry bull with steam <laughs> coming polite. out of its nostrils. This is how polite Claire is. I don't remember a bull. <laughs> well, Which means, I think yeah, her memory is letting her down because she I. She does say there were a lot of cows and one was blocking the style. Thank you. But she she doesn't confirm. They, she hasn't said that they were big beasts. She hasn't said there were 40 of them and there's no mention of a bull. So thank you, Claire. You know, I'm not going to tell you how to run this podcast in my absence, <laughs> but I think you'll find that whilst you're on mic, you need to be paying full attention. You're not not, not texting people, WhatsApping. I just wanted to check the information that you would You could have done accuracy. that. You could have done that after the podcast. Like, I need your undivided attention. You don't see me 
texting people, picking up my oh, phone. Oh my goodness! You when are I'm doing dumbly dumb, doing that. The times where listeners, when Royfield says, "Oh yes, couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more." <laughs> That means he's not heard anything I've said whatsoever and is just because, yes, he has been texting because I hear the bleeps coming through. So, so one time minute. I send a message. Wait wait a minute. Number one, you've never heard my phone bleep once. because oh, I all... have. Oh, I have. I have. I'll say it once more. Three times for good luck. I have. <laughs> wow. That's funny that because my ringers are always turned off on my phone. No, there was definitely, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there was, mm -hmm. there was, because I said to you and your phone's still on. I remember it was a few episodes ago. Mm. Truly. Right. <laughs> right. But anyway. <laughs> and uh, when I say, and when I say I completely and utterly agree, that yes. means... I completely and utterly agree. I've heard every word that you said. I've pondered on it, right? Cogitated on it, ruminated on it, and you put things so perfectly that there's no need for me to add anything substantive. Come on now. I'll just let listeners draw their own conclusions because I know what's happened. And so do you, Mr. Brown. So do you. Anyway, we've had listeners... Of, of some vintage and uh, now we're going to go to one listener who by far has uh, had the most amount of contributions the most amount of caller in action ever since he joined our mad goings on which was in 2015 and i've met him not once not twice but i believe at least three times in the flesh it's our with a spoon Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Royfield, Philippa, and all Dumpty Demers around the world, and happy 400th. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. This week, we said goodbye to one of our favorites. No, I'm not talking about you, Royfield. I'm referring to Rory, who I know left last week, but I did have a few more thoughts. I recalled when he and Ben reappeared a couple of years ago as rambunctious, self-involved teens, joyriding through the fields in an archermobile. They also sounded like a couple of 25-year-olds, which they were, playing 16-year-olds, and I couldn't tell them mm. apart. Rory was the bossy, cockier one, which he still is at times, but they both matured, as most teens do, and we've seen both of them helping others. We also now have seen the vulnerable side of young Rory, and we've learned he identifies as bisexual. Well, I do have a rooting interest that he returns from London with a nice boyfriend. I was reading about Arthur Hughes, who plays Rory, to see if the reason we're not going to hear from him for a while is because he has some big project coming up. I couldn't find anything, but I did learn about Arthur and the challenges he's had in his life. I do hope he sticks with the role. On to this week. Mm. Didn't Vince sound oddly meek in his conversations with Elizabeth? He was contrite, but with his history of three ex-wives and a daughter who don't talk to him, I was hoping Lizzie would run the other way. Well, in taking him back, she did draw a line in the sand regarding Vince telling her the truth in the future. I have a feeling he will be crossing that line again. Much like in a well-done parallel storyline, we heard Jenny pointing out to Brian that he once again was concealing information from her. Time for the mm -hmm. old men of Ambridge to treat women with more respect. And now it's also time to say goodbye to our friend Royfield. And all I'll say is, please don't be a stranger. 
Talk to you soon. Oh, with the spoon. That was that was lovely. Thank you. Yes. Brian and Adam lying to Jenny. I don't know. They seem to be getting on so well this week. Are we going to call them Briad from now on? I don't know. And when Brian said, you say potato, and Adam said, and I say mob grazing. <laughs> that made me chuckle. It's a new song about to be released. You say potato and I say mob grazing. Perfect. I love the names with Adam's new job. Don Forth Barton Farm, run by Christian Lancer Boyd. Uh, script writer Gary Davis was playing games with us with uh, with that, I think. But uh, Royfield, with the spoon, says, don't be a stranger. You're not going to be, are you? Nah. 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 If, if you ask me nicely... Uh, I might do the odd Zoom because I think you need my help when it comes to a <laughs> yes. Zoom. You know I'm not me? going to just ask you nicely. I'm going to beg you. Please, please, please <laughs> do it. For the sake of everybody trying to listen and uh, the people that would like to see it afterwards as well. Yes, please, please do the Zooms, Royfield. Well, I, yeah, I think I think we, we can do a Zoom, but I just have to hang up my general podcasting mic, though. But at the odd Zoom, yeah. And uh, and if there ever there's a a meetup and I'm close by, I'll you know I'll toddle along. That'd be most awesome, most Very awesome. Good. Right now, um, we have one more caller in era, and uh, mm. it's our Mister B. It's our Stephen. Hello, you two. It's Stephen here. I wanted to start <laughs> by thanking Royfield for coming up with Dumpty Dum in the first place and turning it into what is undeniably the People's Podcast. This is the one that people call into. This is the one where we all get to have our own say rather than listen to other people talking about it, however amusingly, however cleverly. Uh, I think Dumpty Dum is something that is unique. I started listening when it was Royfield and Lucy, uh, and then we went through the Kerry and Peter era, and now to the Philippa, Rosie, Quentin era, soon to be without Royfield himself. But Dumpty Dum has remained essentially the same podcast all the way through. That original idea of getting people to talk about the archers seems to have had real success, real staying power. Uh, and long may it stay that way. Uh, and long may people continue to call in for as long as they want to talk about the archers and as long as we want to listen to people's views on the archers. But that's enough of the sentimental goodbye stuff. Let's move on to what's going on in Ambridge and the big event of the coming week, which I think is going to be the first moves to appoint a replacement for Adam as manager at Home Farm. And there are two candidates uh, that are, I have in mind, neither of which is the mysterious Stella in the um, current uh, Sounds mm. cast listing. Instead, one is Ed Grundy, who would be a fantastic replacement for um, Adam and would be a real step up in the fortunes of the Grundys. And the other would be somebody from the Gill family, who actually live at Home Farm. Mm. Um, I, I'm one of these people who think that they may be from a Punjabi background, so maybe the son or daughter of the family will turn out to be full of bright ideas about the future of Home Farm. Well, that's my time up, so goodbye and talk to you soon. Oh, thanks, Stephen. I would, I would love it to be Ed Grundy. But the trouble is, every time something good happens to Ed Grundy, then... It is followed by something pretty awful. So I would just be unnerved waiting to hear it all go horribly wrong if, if that if that would happen. Um, and it'd be great to hear from the Gill family, definitely. Please don't let it be Hannah. Please, 
please don't hurt it be Hannah. Uh, I really don't want that to happen. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Hannah. Uh, Charlie Thomas, that would be a good one. I would love that. But then we wouldn't hear him interacting with Adam, but maybe we would because there'd be um, meetings and discussions and Adam's still going to be part of the partnership. So yes, maybe that would still work. Um, and incidentally, we heard that Rex and Phoebe had won the Scarecrow competition with their camping family. It, is that the only thing that they can do? Have pretend guests made, made a straw because they haven't got any now? I, I don't know that. I was intrigued by that. But love the hello you too, Stephen. Brilliant way to start the start the call. Uh, Royfield, yes. Do you agree? This is this is the people's podcast. Most most definitely. And and I I always thought that um whoever's hosting it was was second uh to mm. all the multiplicity uh, of calls and we've, we've always got to kind of kind of remember that you know that as much as us podcasters and hosts like to uh you know wax lyrical and stuff but it is ultimately uh, what sets us apart is that people can call in and actually direct the ship you know, and say say what they want to say. So, um, yes, uh, I think it's timely and apt that Stephen went last just to completely remind us mm. what does make this show uh, very different. Um, and um, it's all the people listening um, who, who call in and email in and text in. I think uh, things uh, things will be fine in the good ship dum de dum because um, it has two wonderful uh, seamen uh, manning the... Uh, the uh, the uh, the helm there you have a uh, captain captain uh what's your name again captain philippa <laughs> <laughs> and you have able seaman quentin <laughs> it's like captain pugwall and both of them are old horny sea dogs who know how to pilot a ship so no worries no worries things will be fine and um and you know if they step out of line you know call her in of us just let them know but they're gonna they're gonna do well by you don't worry <laughs> that's very motivational thank you yeah i thought i thought that'll uh put the put the wind up you <laughs> if they step up like a line <laughs> that's, that's great it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah it'll be great quentin and i will keep it going we have learned from all the good work you've done and we will not let you down Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Smashing. Now, do we have some texts? or emails or something uh, with uh, wordage as opposed to voiceage, uh, which we can read out. Yes, we do. So the first text is from Melly. Um, Melly McMerryweather messaging in for a change. It's almost 6pm on Sunday. I plan to call in, but with all that is unfolding in the world, I feel rather lame being excited about tonight's return to the Sunday episode. I have a prediction. The Alice Scarecrow. I think it was Ben given she hurt Rory so badly. And now Ben has lost time with him. I don't think I will ever forgive Alice either. Best wishes to all in dum-de-dum land. Ah, yes. So sorry, Melly. Melly got um, caught out by the recording early now because it's uh, Sunday afternoon that that we record. And yes, it was the first Sunday and we had the fate, which was glorious. There was an impressive bookstore not quite sure how you can call it impressive if it's just got five copies of Fifty Shades of Grey, but but never mind. I love the fact that the picketers were picketing the tea tent. Now, if I had to pick it somewhere, that's exactly where I would go so I can have unlimited cake and cups of tea while I'm waiting. 24 people protesting. That's quite a lot, though. I mean, that's more than Alan's ever seen in his church. Can he count numbers up to 24? I don't know. I thought he could only count up to about about 10. I, I, I don't know. Just uh, it was great to hear the, the fate. And Melly, thank you for your text. Yes. Who did the Alice Scarecrow? We do not know. Um, I still think it was was Alice, but maybe that will be revealed further down the line. Royfield? I completely agree with everything that you've just said. And in particular... Thank, thank you for that in message, Melly. All the points that Melly made, <laughs> I thought, were utterly spot on. And um, yes, well done, Melly. And um, I'll be seeing you on Clubhouse uh, late later on this week. I think I've answered all of your points uh, adeptly and adroitly and... and in the manner that they deserve to be um, addressed. Now, so there you go. (laughs) But do we have another email? (laughs) We do, funnily enough. Yes. Well, we have a text from Purple Pumpkin. Dear Philippa and Royfield, this is your loyal listener, Purple Pumpkin, with a small commentary that doesn't quite qualify as a plot prediction. Maybe it is a character development prediction. My plot prediction of last week has already proved wrong with Adam's gift from the job fairy, allows him to stay in Ambridge but leave home farm and even I think it would be too far-fetched to predict that Rob Titchener to show up as a candidate for home farm manager. So my commentary is on Rory's flight to Ireland and whether he might find that he doesn't quite fit into the family there either, leading him to develop his own family of choice, perhaps within the LGBT community. 
For my money, The Archers has been rather slow to explore any of the issues of identity that arise for many young people these days, especially the descendants of immigrants, as I am, or those with dual heritage. So perhaps Rory, or even the recently remembered Amy, will give the scriptwriters an opportunity to explore these issues in ways that farming families, rooted to the same spot for many generations, don't seem to need. I can't believe this will be Royfield's last appearance on the show. Or did I get it wrong and he's already gone? I hope not, because I thought raising this issue might trigger one of his fascinating diversions away from Ambridge. Thanks again for all you do for the Dum Dum community. I've been listening since the episode number was in double digits, and I hope the regular script will now thank both Royfield and Lucy V. Freeman. That's all for this week, Purple Pumpkin. Yes, I can confirm the script will... I've already updated the the script to to reflect that. So uh, yes, good point, well made. Um, and uh, yeah, we've had so many calls. We don't have time for Royfield to go on to one of his lectures, but oh. you can have a TED talk instead of a lecture <laughs> on Royfield. Uh, no, just 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 thank you, Theo. Thank you, Purple Pumpkin, and uh, thank you for you know. Uh, being a, a part of the uh, social media team and manning uh, the, the Twitter, the Twitter uh, boat, uh, so that's uh, it's an important uh, part of the the dum de dum uh, multi platform approach to podcasting uh, that we do, and uh, you know, and we need you there. So um, uh, the thing is with with uh, with Purple Pumpkin is that though she's been a caller in her for quite some time, um, I. Didn't really know her, and so it was lovely when uh, last year she said yes, she would uh, jump on board and, and help with help with Twitter and everything. And uh, again, it just shows people's uh, commitment to to uh, to to the whole edifice of what we're doing here. So um, um, I'll, I'm going, but I'm not going. Going, I'll I'll do the odd Zoom. So you'll you'll hear hear me again. And if you want a diversion, uh, me to prattle on about history. Um, there's other podcasts for that, but I think my time doing that on Dum Dum is just about up. Well, you never know. I'll probably get run over by a bus next week and I'll be back <laughs> straight away. <laughs> All these lovely goodbyes and then you'll be back straight away. Anyway, sorry. Do carry on. I'm, I'm done. And on that note, I'm eating a, a, a pretzel, a chocolate sort of pretzel from hometown. It's a Canadian brand. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because I'm eating with me now. Right, it's the last thing. I'll take over. All right, I you like, do that. I... You do that. Yeah, okay. And now let's sit back for some socials with Sue. Hello, my lovely listeners. Uh, Sue, been on tart here, and it's been another momentous week here. We had a lovely Zoom call on Friday night with Royfield. Philippa did an excellent job, and it was great to see so many dumpty dummers there. And it's been a momentous week for the Archers as we got our Sunday nights back. As Paul Norris said, so nice to hear the continuity announcer say, you're listening to Sunday's episode of the Archers. And a momentous week for Quentin, as his prediction was correct, even if it may have been said in March. Let's, let's gloss over that. Guy Williams posted up an article from The Telegraph by Charlotte Runcie saying it it was a significant shift back to normal life, having our Sunday nights back. It was lovely to have a weekend episode and to hear something like the old archers. Denise, sorry, Louise Dawson said the episode restored her faith in the archers 
And I think many of us agree that Jackie Weaver would be great on a permanent basis. But this was not a universal opinion, let me tell you. Penelope Matthews, for one, doesn't like a cameo role. Isn't it a good job that we're all different? As my mother used to say, if we weren't all different, we wouldn't have supermarkets. I'll leave you to think about that. And let's remember, we've got Usha back. And I was very confused because I thought we were having a new Usha. And I was thinking as she said it, oh, doesn't she sound like the old Usha? But I think it's the same actress, according to the, uh, the, the cast list. Anyway, we'll get some legal input now, I hope. That'll be grand. Sue Good says that she's very confused by all the younger male characters. They all sound the same. And Rob Williams feels the same about the younger female characters. At least we have Jazza, who is unique and has a champion in Margaret Blake. Lots of us have problems distinguishing Josh and Ben and Rex and Toby. Maybe we're just all getting a bit past it. Ellen Cook says she couldn't work out Pat and Kathy and Peggy Jill in the old days. And Patsy Headley pointed out the real old days when we had Dan and Phil and Tom Forrest, all of those lovely old characters. We want Johnny back, says Debbie Johnson. Yes, please. Oh, amongst the younger characters is the awful Russ. I'm so glad to see some people share my horror. And what a creep, said Teresa. Nahadjuski, I think. I'm not sure how to say that. Uh, he, she said he's a complaining snob and that Lily pointed, pointed out that Lily paid for it all. Ooh, the thought of him with the youthful Chelsea. Well, at least our Tracy will see him off. Wendy Rocoft has high hopes for Tracy being sharp and streetwise and Darcy and Annie want to gatecrash the dinner party and hear what everything that goes on. My highlight of this week on The Archers was Jenny Darling coming out with what I thought was the very best line of the week. Oh, Brian, what have you done? But of course, our real highlight of the week was saying goodbye to Royfield. And I just want to say what I think lots of people want to say, which is just thank you very much. You have brought us such joy and such thrills over this time. And I'm really glad that we get to continue with the new team and that it's not going to stop. So thanks, Royfield. Thanks for everything. And um, I'll see you all in a few weeks' time. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you for your very kind words, Sue. That's uh, very meaningful. Yeah. Thank you, Sue. It's very, very lovely. Thank you. Um, and uh, I'm reading from Royfield's script now while he's eating. Please go to the website, dumdydum.com. There are lots of amazing things there. Um, you can support us on Patreon for $2 per show, and you will find the link on dumdydum as well. Now, Philippa, do we have that awful newspaper headlined thing you do? Yes, Royfield, I do. Are you ready for the newspaper headlines? Yes. <laughs> okay. This game is a lot of fun. <laughs> well, this week we have a special theme. Are you ready? So the publications we have to choose from, or you have to choose from, are the BBC, the Daily Ooh. Mail, and the mm -hmm. New Statesman. Gosh. So. I did some work for the New Statesman. First headline uh -huh. meet mr brown in paddington london resident who shares a name with famous best daily friend mail. daily mail shall i read it all out so everyone can hear <laughs> 
<laughs> Meet Mr. Brown in Paddington, London resident who shares a name with famous Bear's friend, offers Peruvian visitors free stay at his home ahead of film premiere. Yes, there's a photo of you with about 20 Paddington Bears, Royfield. That was um, really quite funny, that, that whole thing. So I was living in America at the time. I was in America at the time, but I had my place in Notting Hill and I was airbnb in it. And I get a call one day from Airbnb. It says, hello. I'm going to say it's in Brummie accent because it's the only accent I'm going to do. Hello, it's Airbnb. I'm like, I'm like hello, it's Mr. Brown here. Are you a fan of Paddington Bear? I went, I beg your pardon. Do you really like Paddington Bear, Mr. Brown? I went, <laughs> I'm a grown-up. Of course I don't like Paddington Bear. I went, oh, because we've got this scheme and uh, we'd like really like to uh, be, uh, we really are sponsoring uh, the new Paddington film. And you are <laughs> the closest Mr. Brown who has an Airbnb property to Portobello Road. And what we'd like to do is offer your place out to some Peruvian travellers and do some press and PR. So would you like to be do some press and PR with us? We'll pay you and we'll take some pictures of your wonderful property with some Paddington Bears. I went, I absolutely love Paddington Bears. It was great. <laughs> Come along with a photographer in two weeks' time. So... Yeah, I got paid about 500 quid what? for that silly photo. <gasps> yeah, no wonder you're awesome. smiling away wearing your duffel coat. <laughs> Fabulous. Right, are you ready for the next headline? Yes. Archer's fan event invaded by Nazis and pornography. Um, what are the two publications left? Uh, we've got the BBC and the New Statesman. Oh, that's BBC. Yes, talking about the that Zoom you hosted where uh, yeah mm-hmm. the, the nasty Twitter people got involved. It was horrible. But mm-hmm. anyway, yes. So that was on the BBC. And then the final one. Yes, Black Panther should win awards. It wasn't just a movie. It was a moment in history. New Statesman. And the article was written by? A one Royfield Cleaverton Brown. It was indeed. So there you go. Well done. Well done, Philippa Hall. Right, so there you go, folks. That's your end of your dum dum So, yes, shall we just remind everyone how to get in touch? Oh, all right, then. I'll tell you what. <laughs> why don't I just let you read out all the bits at the end, and I'll just go, to all the bits. All right, so after okay. you, I'm just I'll, leaning I'll back. I'll do all of the script God. bits, and then you can come in for your big your big goodbye. We'll get the drum roll and everything. Okay. So Listen, there's not going to be a big, big goodbye. I'm just going to say... Goodbye. No, but anyway, no, go. no, no, no. I expect more than that. So have a have a quick think. Prepare your leaving speech <laughs> because it has to be good. So, Philippa, just remind us how to get in touch. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via speakpipe on dumdydum.com, the website, or leave a WhatsApp voice note or text message to 07957 167 696, which has a plus 44 if you're outside the UK. Please keep the voice note to less than two minutes. Now, we need to say thank you to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Lucy V. Freeman. Now, you can find the team doing a splendid job on Twitter at Dumpty Dum, uh, and uh, Royfield can be found at Royfield, and uh, 
I, I don't know who I'm talking as now, if I'm talking as Royfield. Anyway, Philippa, me, can be found at QuickBook Reviews, not a W, but a three. Remember, when tweeting about the Archers, please use the capitalised hashtag of the Archers, capital T, capital A, as this helps visually impaired people who use screen readers. Without the capitals, it is read as a string of gobbledygook. Plus, use the at Dumpty Dum in all your Archers tweets so we can see each other. So, Philippa. <laughs> Yes, Philippa. Do you have any predictions for next week? Well, will Elizabeth bulk order a supply of Jill's flapjacks to throw at the wedding? There's going to be carnage. Will our Tracy give Russ and Lily food poisoning with her 10-course extravaganza? Will David and Ruth provide an organised, efficient and well-run wedding service that will mean their business is secure for life? <clears throat> and will George return from his post-GCSE jaunt in Cornwall with one tattoo, two piercings and three positive lateral flow tests? All will be revealed. And so, Royfield, it's time to sign off, my friend. To our bit, everyone, thank you for lending me your ears for the last seven plus years. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.